remember to subscribe and share. Welcome to Noel Anderson's 15 Minutes of Fame. Tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. I have no guest on tonight, it's just me. But the episode is called Love, Barley and Gadu Gadu. A spicy take on island life. And if you're wondering why I'm calling the this podcast that, it's because I'm coming to you live from my hotel room in Bali. I've been staying at a rather luxurious hotel, which has got four swimming pools. I haven't uh, had the opportunity to take a dip in every one. Maybe before I fly out tomorrow, I will. Now, this episode, I'm going to talk about Bali because a lot of Australians go to Bali. And, and people have asked me back in Australia, what is Bali? like after COVID. And I know we've all heard some pretty horrendous stories about Bali after COVID, but um, I'm going to tell you the honest truth and I'm going to talk about my time in Bali, my first time in Bali, I should say. And hopefully, um, if you're feeling undecided about going to Bali or whether you should go to Bali, whether you should go to Hawaii or maybe London, maybe by the end of this podcast, uh, you're going to um, have made that decision. Either way, it's going to be um, entertaining and I hope informative and I hope by the end of it uh, you're going to have you're going to have learned something about Bali who knows maybe even yourself here's an interesting fact did you know that newborn babies in Bali are not allowed to touch the ground until they're three months old Balinese people believe that newborn babies are sacred and should not become unclean by touching the ground and the first thing I have to say about Bali, if you've never been to Bali, is that the Balinese have no idea how to create a safe footpath. And since I've arrived here, I have stumbled, tripped, I even fell over and cut my knee. So um, please, Balinese government or whoever does the um, the paving out there, improvements on your footpaths. That's the uh, first thing I would like to say. Footpaths aside, I want to talk about getting to Bali. I um, flew to Bali from Perth. I, I had no idea, to be absolutely honest with you, that Bali was only three hours from Perth. I decided I'd go to Perth, um, visit a few friends, and then go somewhere else. Uh, originally, I was going to go to Broome, but as luck would have it, uh, it actually works out a little bit cheaper for me to um, fly to Bali and stay a week in Bali than go up in Broome. So here I am, live, live from Bali. From Bali. I, I won't mention the airline I flew on, but there was not a whole lot of leg room. And I remember when I pulled the table down, my belly was obstructing the table. Now, it told me two things. They needed to give people a little bit more leg room on the plane, or I needed to lose a little bit of weight. Probably a little bit of um, little bit of both. Uh, I'd pre-booked, and I would, I would tell anyone who has never been to Bali before, pre-book your taxi to your hotel, because none Nothing prepares you for what is, I can only describe as pandemonium as I got out of the plane and into the Balinese airport, Dempasar. Now there's people everywhere. There's queues everywhere. But I had been rather smart to a degree and I had pre-booked my ticket, my tickets to Bali. So, so not only did I book my um, airfare, I pre-booked my visa and I pre-booked my customs entry form as well. And I tell you, I'm really glad I did because there were a lot 
of people trying to fill out their customs forms and their visa forms when they arrived at the airport. I, on the other hand, cruised right on through. But I've got to say, I did pay an overinflated price for doing that, at least $100 more. If you're going to book everything online, be aware that someone is making money off of it and uh, you're going to be paying for it. Uh, I did pay for it, but I, I was very happy that I did because I did get off the plane, literally uh, scooted right through the airport very quickly and was in the taxi heading to my hotel with four fabulous swimming pools. When I got up the next morning and uh, I was feeling um, a little unsure about what I what I wanted to do. Now, the first thing I noticed about being here in Bali was the food. I did eventually do a Balinese cooking class, uh, which is rather funny because at home, if I have to cook anything more than five minutes, then that's just too much. Instead, I found myself in a five-hour Balinese cooking class, which I'll talk about uh, a little bit uh, later on in this podcast. Did you know Gado Gado is a traditional Indonesian salad made with a mix of raw, boiled or steamed vegetables, hard-boiled eggs, boiled potatoes, fried tofu and temper, and long ton, which is rice wrapped in banana leaf. Dishes served with a peanut sauce dressing. But I did stop at this uh, little restaurant, and when I got inside, I ordered two dishes and a beer, under $20. I kid you not. So if you're coming to Bali, the thing I would say is eat as much as you can, try as many different dishes as you can because there is a wealth of food just waiting for you. I know your belly will really enjoy it. Now, I'm traveling solo. It's a hard gig. There's no one to talk to. There's um, just you and your shadow and your thoughts. So I thought, well, I need a little bit of excitement. You know, like I I need to go out and I need to mingle. I filled my belly up. I've had a nice uh, Balinese meal and I've had some gado gado and um, I'm ready uh, to be entertained and to chat to people. So I decided the first thing to do late at night was to find the nearest drag bar because I'm by myself and I can have a drink and there's a little bit of entertainment and if nobody talks to me, which could happen, so be it, but at least I'm entertained. So I found myself strolling down um, one of those very bad footpaths I talked about in the early part of the podcast and tripping here and there, but eventually I got to a place called Barley Joe's. Now, Barley Joe is a pretty um, small bar, really, but it was very, very friendly. From the minute I walked in, the lady boy, and I'm not being offensive by saying lady boy, um, because the lady boy told me she was a lady boy, um, came over and uh, sat with me and chatted with me. They had a deal on for drinks, um, which was you buy one and you get two free. Can you imagine that? Buy one drink and you get two free. So for $10, I had three beers. Bintang is the name of the beer. Now, Bintang comes in a couple of flavors. Take my advice. Go for the Deera beer. Buy the crystal Bintang because the normal Bintang, frankly, I found hard to get through. I would recommend spending that little bit of extra money for something that tastes good. 
minute I sat down, this lovely lady boy uh, started chatting to me. Now, I, I was not aware of this, but she told me that it was very hard being a, a, a transsexual in Bali because there are no jobs for her. And she's very grateful to be working at a place uh, like Bali Joe. We had a nice chat and um, actually I thought she took a little bit of a shine to me, but um, I played it cool. I played it cool. We had a nice talk about the difficulty she faced uh, living in Bali as a ladyboy. Uh, but thankfully, as she said, she's got a job and she's really happy to have that job. I swear this is true. And it never happens to me going out in Melbourne. As soon as she left, someone else came over and sat next to me and started talking. Turned out this, this guy had only been in Bali a couple of weeks, gone for a few job interviews and was waiting to hear uh, whether he um, got the job that he'd applied for that day. And we just kind of chatted and hung around together for, for a little bit. Then he kind of vanished. And then in came one of the girls from the Real Housewives of Melbourne. Now, if you know anything about me, I am an Australian reality TV junkie. Now, I won't tell you uh, which of the girls it was that came in. But of course, I, I was um, very excited because uh, when I had COVID in Melbourne, I had binge watched the entire series of the Real Housewives of Melbourne during the time I had COVID. So um, I recognized her almost immediately. And I've got to say it did um did really um cheer me up so one of my recommendations is if you've never been to a drag bar i would suggest going to bali joe and the other reason i would suggest going to a drag bar it's just fun i found the people uh they're incredibly friendly and i didn't feel alone not for a minute now i understand some people may not wish to go to a drag bar and that's absolutely fine but i'm sure that just about any bar you go to in um Bali, you're going to find someone friendly, probably an Australian, to talk to. Here's another interesting fact. Bali has a local liquor called Iraq, which is often homemade and can be lethal if not made properly. Coming live to you from Bali. On my fourth day here, I decided to um, try and see a little bit of Bali beyond Semiac. Pardon me, I caught a little bit of a, a cold while I'm here, which did um, did throw a bit of a curveball on the fun. But um, hey, shit happens, right? So I, I decided to get a driver. Now, dri you get, you're thinking drivers cost a lot of money. But it didn't. It cost me about $60, which I organized uh, through the hotel. So um, that's something you could do, you know, if it's your first time in Bali and you don't know what to do. So um, the driver must have took one look at me and decided I was the creative type. So he didn't take me anywhere where we were going to do anything strenuous uh, like a whitewater rafting or tubing down a river or anything like that. He took one look at me and said, we're going to take him to the arts part of town. Um, and the arts part of town is a place called Ubud, which isn't so far from um, Semiak or Kuda, but it's just at the roads are incredibly busy and very slow. So I paid for the driver in advance, was expecting this kind of cheery, happy driver that I'd spoken to at the hotel to turn up. Instead, there was some kind of swap, something about missing keys. And I got this rather elderly driver and he was going to be my driver to Uber for the day. And he guaranteed me in um, kind of Balinese cross English that we were going to have a very good time together. And 
and we did, you know, to a degree, we did. Uh, he offered uh, for me to sit in uh, in the front. Now, my advice to you, if you hire a driver, sit in the back because you're going to run out of things to say and it's going to get uncomfortable. So um, I did run out of things to say and I very quickly learned that he didn't know English very well and, well, my Balinese was um, non-existent. So I was very happy that I took the back seat and uh, he kind of chauffeured me around. Something very strange happened along the way. Without any warning, I was I was suddenly pulled over and uh, the car stopped. And um, I was shuffled out and told to go and pay. Can't remember what it was, but it was only, you know, $10 or something like that. And, and I was then shuffled somewhere else. And lo and behold, I found myself in an outdoor theatre. thought, okay, we're here for a performance, which we were. The play was called The Barong and the Chris Dance. And the play represented the eternal fight between good and evil. There's a mythological monster and there's a mythological animal. Um, and the performance was, was funny. Uh, it was all in Balinese, uh, which of course meant that I couldn't understand anything. But I did get a little cheat sheet, which was, um, which was, which was a bit of fun. It certainly had a lot of colour and a lot of movement. There was one very funny moment where they were killing this god that turned into a witch and uh, and he's supposed to be dead but then what looked like his penis suddenly popped up now this theatre performance is full of kids so there's this big lion-like god laying down with a big stiffy sticking up and the men are trying to knock the stiffy to make it soft but of course it doesn't, it just keeps sticking back up again. Now, even I thought, this is a bit risque for these little tots and this very middle-class audience uh, that was watching it. But of course it was all a gag, because when they rolled the line over, it wasn't his penis, it was his tail. Oh, you know what I've done? I've ruined the end of the performance for you. Ah, doesn't matter. Go and see it. It was fun. It was colourful. And um, yeah, I think I think if you're coming to Bali for your first time, you want to see a theatre performance of some kind. And I guess one with a horny lion slash god is the one to go to. We finished the day at um, what is called the Monkey Forest. Now, if you've got no idea what a monkey forest is, it is what the name says. It's a forest full of monkeys. Only the thing is, these monkeys aren't behind cages. They're running wildly around you. Have you ever had a monkey crawl between your legs? Well, many people do have monkeys crawling between their legs at the monkey forest. I'm one of them. For some odd reason, this rather amorous uh, monkey took a bit of a shine to me and um, started crawling around my legs. Then attempted to grab my um, my hat, which I had in my, my hand. But luckily, um, this horny little beast didn't get it. And I survived, to tell you the tale. But the monkey forest was, was um, the highlight of, of my day with the driver. And uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing the monkeys. And I even pondered about man and, um, you know, all that shit that you ponder when you look at monkeys. You think, oh, yeah, they're kind of like us, aren't they? 
So what are we talking about? We're talking about um, coming to Bali for the first time and wondering what you should do. And, and that's kind of the purpose of my podcast today is to give you an idea of what I did and what I enjoyed. And hopefully, um, if you've never been to Bali, it'll give you a little bit of a plan of uh, things to go and see and things to go and do. I mentioned earlier on that traveling uh, alone can be a very stressful thing to do. <laughs> You've really got to keep a handle on your mental health as uh, time goes on. I managed to catch a head cold, which um, did slow me down a little bit in the middle of my eight days in Bali. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of soldiered on. One of the places I soldiered on to was the Potato Head Club down in Samiak on the beach. Now, you may have heard stories about Potato Head Club. I'm sure you have. And I have heard stories about the Potato Head Club, and it lived up to every story I'd ever heard. It is a fabulous thing to do in Bali, and I would highly recommend it. The Potato Head Club Bali is incredible. The entrance, walking down the little narrow street, the way it opens up into a cave, and suddenly you walk into this uh, hive of bodies and tribal music. It was beautiful. I was excited. It reminded me of a lot of raves I'd been to, a lot of dance parties. Found a nice little spot, ordered some lovely food. Remember the highlight of my trip in Bali, and it will be yours too, is the food. So I can't recommend the Potato Head Club enough. Bali is notorious for bogans. And even before I came here, I was warned, stay away from the bogans. The Australian bogans are horrible. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I've not seen it. Maybe I'm staying in the wrong place. Maybe at Kuta, the bogans are all there. I really wish somebody did something bad so I could tell you on this podcast. But no, I only, I've only witnessed good behavior by all the Australians I've, I've seen on Bali. I have noticed there's a pub called the Goat. I think there might be a few of them around Bali. It seems to be a bit of a hangout for Australians. I haven't been yet, but uh, I fly out tomorrow and I did think about uh, going to the Goat and hanging there for a few hours before I catch my, my plane. Now, as I mentioned, I, I got a bit of a um, uh, head cold in Bali, so I started to feel uh, a little bit crook. So... I decided I wasn't going to stay in the hotel room, even though I felt like staying in the hotel room. I decided I was going to pack myself up, put my contact lenses in and go out and do something rather than just sitting in the hotel room by myself feeling miserable. So the thing I decided to do was to stroll down to Double Six Beach. And when I got there, it was a hive of activity. There were little mini stages set up in front of each restaurant. And every restaurant had someone performing. And the sunset uh, in Bali is quite spectacular. Although, I, I must admit, the sunset in the Northern Territory is better. But hey, if that's the sunset in Bali, that's what you're going to get. But the atmosphere on the beach was fabulous. It uh, Picked up my mood. Uh, I, I felt really, really good. And once again, um, the food was incredible. I, I got a two-for-one cocktail deal and uh, I ordered pork spare ribs and they were to die for. So, you know, high on my list of the best things about Bali is definitely the food. The food is incredible. I had like a day 
left before I flew out of Bali. I was reflecting on my time and wondering what I should do next. I didn't really want to go for a drive and, and, and I, you know, I, I didn't really want to just walk around the streets again. Uh, so this morning I did something rather interesting. I went to a Balinese cooking class. Now I've got to say, I didn't know what to expect. And my cooking is, you know, frankly quite shit. But hey, you know, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. And I can talk about it if I do well. So I ended up at a cooking place near cooking class. N-I-A cooking class. And they take you through a whole series of dishes. From satay to gadu gadu to cooking fish to cooking meat. It was so much fun. The cooking class was full of uh, people from many countries. We had people from Gibraltar, we had people from Germany, and we had people from Sydney, and also uh, from Richmond in Melbourne. Um, and you had me there from St Kilda. One guy in the class had even worked on the AstraZeneca vaccination for COVID. The instructor that was um, teaching us how to cook Balinese food was a gentleman called Tommy, and I think he was um, actually moonlighting as a comedian in his after hours. He was um, pretty funny, actually. They teach you how to chop, they teach you how to bang the food, you know, so that you grind it, and they give you a nice little apron, and um, it, it was probably one of the, the better things I've done here. Now, I would never call myself a cook, and I would definitely never call myself an Indonesian cook, but as I'm talking to you on this podcast, I am holding a certificate, which has been awarded to me, Noel Anderson, in recognition of successful completion of a course on bar Balinese cooking. I've got to say, the English on the certificate is not so good, but hey, I've got a Balinese cooking certificate and you can get one of those too. Now, I suppose it's getting towards the end of the podcast. You're thinking about going to Bali and you're wondering what it's like. Well, it's probably nothing like you thought it was going to be like. As I said, I came over to Bali from Perth and it was just cheaper for me to come to Bali than to go to Broome. Do I recommend Bali as a holiday? Well, I think it really depends on what you want. I think if you want to sit around hotels, swim around pools, drink lots of alcohol, get cheap cocktails, have beautiful food, then Bali is your destination. What I've discovered though is when I came here, which was just over a week ago, I had no expectation. And then when I arrived, I had expectation. And then, you know, my experience here didn't really fulfill my expectation immediately. But as the days have gone on, fourth day, fifth day, the sixth day, I really started to enjoy Bali. And I really started to like the people. They're warm, they're friendly, the service is incredible. Waiters in Melbourne could definitely come over here and learn a thing or two. So would I recommend Bali? Yes, I'd recommend it for the hotels. I'd recommend it for the Gadu Gadu. I'd recommend it for the cooking class. And I'd recommend it for the love. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you've learnt something about Bali. That's it for me. Until next time, this is Noel Anderson's 15 Minutes of Fame. Live from Bali. Signing out. If you enjoyed this podcast, Noel Anderson's 15 Minutes of Fame, remember to subscribe and share.